Hey, welcome to episode number 120 of More Than Bread. I'm Dan, a longtime Bible reader with a handful of decades in the journey of listening to, learning from, and leaning into this book that we call the Bible. And, and this podcast flows from a conviction that we need more than bread for the soul of our life. We need to listen to and learn from and lean into. When I say lean into, I mean we need to apply, we need to do it. We need to listen to, learn from, and lean into Scripture. The people of God need the Spirit of God to breathe life into our souls through the Word of God. In this episode, we're pausing in Psalm 34. And and before I read this psalm, just a, a couple of helpful and perhaps interesting thoughts to set the stage. According to the title of the psalm, it was written by David when he pretended to be crazy in the presence of Abimelech, the Philistine king who drove him away. This moment is recorded in 1 Samuel 21, verses 10 through 15, where David fearing for his life, pretended to be insane in order to escape harm from the Philistines, that enemy nation. And and I, I don't know, what makes this really encouraging to me is that despite his desperate circumstances, he did not lose faith in God. I mean, Psalm 34 is a psalm that is filled with overflowing worship and solid trust in God. Secondly, kind of interesting, possibly helpful, Don't miss the surprising, on the surface at least, the surprising description of fear. In the beginning of the psalm, David declares, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. But then three times in the coming verses, he declares the value of fearing God. God delivered him apparently from all his fears except the fear of God. That's worth a moment or two. And finally, and this is personal, Psalm 34 contains one of my favorite descriptions of our life with God, and it's one that, if you think about it, kind of fits well with our podcast title, More Than Bread. The verse is, taste and see, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Tasting invites us to a firsthand savoring of God's goodness. So let's read the psalm. Psalm 34 from the New International Version, it says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close, listen to this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants, no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. 
So, so let's just pause for a moment on this fear thing. David says in verse four, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And, and then, then in the next, I don't know, about five verses, four times he talks about the value of fearing God. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them all. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse eight, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And then again in verse nine, fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. (laughs) So let's talk about fear. What what do you fear? Now, I just spent some time the other day holding my newest grandson, Theo. And and while I was holding him, I was talking to a guy who is going to become a first-time father of twins this next week. My father, God, just the fears of being a father could take us some time to list, right? Will I be able to provide for and protect my child? Isn't that a fear today? In today's economy, nothing's guaranteed, but it's not just provision, it's protection. We, we want to protect them from bad decisions and bad people. We want to protect them from words that hurt and the pain of lost dreams. And, and the older they get, the less we can protect them. And, and speaking of protecting our kids, how about the fear of dating? <laughs> When asked how he would handle his 12-year-old daughter's future boyfriends, then-NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley responded, I don't know. I figure if I kill the first one, word will get out. (laughs) That's fear talking, right? It's the fear of hearing words like, hey, Dad, where are the keys to the car? Followed by hearing words like, so how does that insurance thing work with the car? It's, It's the fear of one day having to have that girl talk with your son. It's that first diaper. You need three hands, two to wrap and one to block. It's all the why questions. It's it's the quiet moments spent awake late at night wondering how in the world you're ever going to pull it off, hoping you don't put them in therapy forever, wanting to do it right, but at times feeling so inadequate. It It's the fear of looking back with regret and missed moments and missed opportunities. I'm sure mothers have a whole different set of fears, and from there we could move on to the fears of the next generation. Anxiety is on overdrive. There there are fears that arise from racial injustice and war and poverty. Sometimes I think politics and the media are doing their best to instill more fears rather than finding ways to work together to bring peace. David says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. In fact, he delivered me from all my fears. But then comes a somewhat unexpected, maybe even slightly weird twist the next four times. David mentions fear. He's talking about a fear that we should experience, the fear of the Lord. This is a fear that brings life. I realize some of us are convinced that it's unhealthy to have an image of God that has any dimension of terror or fear or even knee-quaking awe woven within it. Not healthy to fear God, right? I mean, he's our father and he loves us. But if we're going to listen to God with open hearts and minds, what we find is that without the fear of God, we miss many of the blessings of God. Let me say say that again. Without the fear of God, we miss many of the blessings of God. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling, it says in Psalm 211. Friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear him. With them he shares the secrets of his covenant, Psalm 2514. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him, Psalm 103, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding, Psalm 111, verse 10. Well, what does it mean to fear the Lord? 
It doesn't mean that God is capricious, two-faced. It doesn't mean we can't fully trust his loving faithfulness. It it doesn't mean that he's going to wail off and, and hit us. It doesn't mean that he's mean or destructive. So what does it mean? It means our hearts and our souls should be filled with wonder and awe. Honestly, we, we miss how awfully wondrous God is if we don't say being filled with awe and wonder to the point of fear. <laughs> I love the story Rick Russo tells uh, of a friend of his who pastored, was pastoring a church in Seattle. It was a growing church, good stuff happening all over the place. And, and they just wanted to take some time to celebrate what God was doing. So they're having this big fall festival and, and they wanted to do something special in their children's department. So they brought in Barney. This was back when Barney was big. He was the dinosaur that little kids loved and big kids loved to hate. Now think about this. When most little kids would see Barney, he was about six inches tall and imprisoned in a TV. A six-foot Barney walking around in your personal space could be a little bit unnerving to a kid. Well, one kid saw Barney at church and he just flipped. He went absolute bonkers with fear. His mom was leading a kid's class, so so his dad rescued him, kind of got him quieted down. But his son had absolutely no desire to see Barney They were able to stay away from Barney all during the children's hour, but then dad had to help serve communion in the worship service. And and this church was meeting in this large warehouse space. And and so using curtains, they had partitioned off some rooms off to the side. So he said to his little son, you you stay here in this little room. I'm going to go help in church. I'll be right back and you'll be okay. (laughs) But what dad didn't know is that the room he chose to leave his son in was also Barney's dressing room. And so right in the middle of communion, Barney opens the door and this kid is trapped and he just goes wild. He's crying and yelling and everyone in the auditorium hears him. Barney doesn't know what to do, so he tries to help out by taking his head off, at which point this kid ups the terrified volume and starts screaming, help, help, Barney's eating somebody and I'm next. (laughs) Now hang on to that for a moment. It's easy to make the connection in our minds between masks and fear, right? Have you ever been afraid of someone wearing a mask? I mean, it's just confusing. We don't know what's behind the mask. But but do you understand the fear of God grows when his masks come off? And can you agree with me that we have a tendency to put masks on God, a lot of different masks? Some of us like God in his grandfather mask, you know, never disciplines, always gives candy. Some of us like God in his Wizard of Oz mask, means well, but he doesn't really have the power to change anything. We're kind of on our own. Some of us some of us like God in the absent-minded professor mask. He's, he's one smart guy, but he's not really aware of what's going on around him. There are folks who talk a lot about God who would be scared to death if they ever saw him face to face. And there, there's something in our hearts that draws us to God. We We hunger for his presence, but never, ever, ever, ever forget that he's God. He wears no mask. He is who he is. And all that he is, he he will always be. And, And he will not be ignored. He will not take second place. And though he's good, he's not safe. You cannot manage him or or control him in any way. To fear God means to be filled with awe and wonder, but it's also being filled with a sense of reverence and and honor. You know, awe and wonder come when we peer down into the abyss of the Grand Canyon or when we're caught in the middle of a fierce display of a thunderstorm. But but God is personal. He's the sovereign king. He's the world creator and the redeemer of all that is broken. He's all-knowing and all-powerful and filled with sacrificial love so pure it exceeds our imagination and its ability to heal, restore, and make new. 
to fear God is to revere this personal God. It's to ponder his glory. To fear God is to, is to honor him. The Bible makes it clear that this kind of fear is refreshing. David writes in Psalm 34, the fear of God actually refreshes my courage, a courage that's been drained by all my other fears. I love how Oswald Chambers describes it. He says, it's the most natural thing in the world to be scared and the clearest evidence that God's grace is at work in our hearts is when we do not get into panics. The remarkable thing, though, he writes, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. If I fear God, I will fear nothing else. If I don't fear God, I'll fear everything else. I mean, think about the fears that David talks about or may be experiencing. Have you ever been afraid? I mean, really afraid, faced with the overwhelming unknown. Sometimes it's a fear that nibbles at you, this kind of free-floating anxiety, worry. It's more subtle, but it feels like it's surrounding you from the inside out. I cried out to the Lord in my suffering, and he heard me. He set me free from all my fears, for the angel of the Lord guards and camps around all who fear him, and he rescues them, David writes. When, when we fear God, we find that our courage is refreshed because we're surrounded by God. David continues, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. I wonder if we might find like David that the fear of God refreshes my joy. Taste and see that God is good. It's like the most incredible meal, the most thirst-quenching drink. You taste and can't help but smile. That was so good. Sometimes we miss the blessings of God because we're afraid to taste. We're afraid to taste because we don't trust the goodness of God. This is so odd, paradoxical, but so important. If we want to find life, we need to come to the point in our life where we experience God, where we taste and see that God is good, and and we will not taste of God's goodness until we learn to fear God, until we come face to face with a God who is beyond us, a God who incites awe and wonder. And the surprising truth is that coming face to face with a God who overwhelms us with awe, it leads to trust, and trusting God leads to tasting God. As I read the psalm again, ask yourself, where have I trusted God enough to taste God? David writes, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let's get together and exalt his name. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong, young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and and listen to me, and I'll teach you to fear the Lord. 
Does anyone want to live a life that's long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, but those and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Uh, let me encourage you. Find some time in the next 24 hours to pray through this psalm. Pray through the psalm. In some cases, you may just say the words and that becomes a prayer. Sometimes you'll, you'll say them and address them to God like you're speaking to God. But, or, or maybe let it be a guide to prayer that leads to an honor, a reverence, and an awe of God. A fear of God that gets rid of all other fears. Let me pray for you. Father, I lift up each and every person who's listening to my voice and, and who's trying to listen for your voice. God, sometimes it's hard for us to understand this whole fear thing. All we know is that there are way too many things in this world for us to fear. And, and we have generations of, of people who are wrestling with anxiety and depression and discouragement. They've, they've been discouraged. Their, their courage has drained out. God, I pray that you would help us to understand what it's like to fear you. Not to be afraid of you, not, not because you're capricious or we don't know how you're going to respond to us, but to, to have this sense of awe and reverence and, and honor. God, to, to have a, a fear of you that leads us to get ready, getting rid of every other fear. God, I, I pray that we would not just see you as a, as a kindly grandfather who spoils his kids. I pray that we would not just see you as, as the creator who kind of created stuff and then goes off and does his own thing, kind of forgets what we're doing. God, I, I pray that we would see you as the personal creator, sovereign, master, king, redeemer, and one who is worthy of all honor and reverence and awe. God, thank you. Pour out your spirit upon us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.